Anabaptist Perspectives. Today I'm here in State College, Pennsylvania at All Nations Bible Translation, and I'm here today with Marvin, who is a translator who's preparing to head to Asia as a translator, and just want to talk to him a bit about his experience here at ABT, as well as uh, exploring some of the work he's going to be doing in the future. Marvin, becoming a translator obviously isn't something that happens overnight. You don't wake up one morning and decide, you know, I'm going to head overseas and start translating the Bible. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to this point and uh, just how you, how you got interested in, in doing work like this? Yeah, that's a good question. So there are two events in my life that, that um, as I think back across how, how God has worked in my life and the life of, of my family um, that come to mind. The first is when I was 16, a sophomore in high school, our class went on a, uh, our Spanish class went on a trip to Central America and it was there that I first started cultivating an interest for culture, for language, for um, sharing God's love to, to people outside of, of uh, my community and outside of the States. The next one was just a couple years ago in 2012. Um, my wife and I were newly married and uh, we had Joel Martin from All Nations Bible Translation come through the community and give a presentation at our church. And it was there that God spoke pretty clearly to me, saying, this is, this is what you should be doing. And so from there, it's, it's been six years now, so it's, God has been uh, having us on a journey, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but those are the two, two uh, incidences that I think of that specifically that, that took us to where we are today. This has been a journey, and what have been some of the, some of the preparations that you've made. You have been working since 2012 at least. You've been working quite diligently at, at a number of different things, uh, spending some time with different organizations. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of your preparations up to this point have been? In 2014 we went overseas to a, to a Bible college in Asia and um, spent four months there. And then from there we went to a Mennonite Anabaptist two-year college. Those were some of the best years of our life. And then from there, we went back to Kansas and um, I finished out my undergraduate degree at a local Christian college. And so a lot of, there's, you know, a lot of Bible classes, a lot of, some Greek and Hebrew. We recently finished our second summer at SIL in North Dakota, doing linguistics training. Um, that was really helpful. And of course, along the way we've had a lot of good interactions with people from our home church, community, a lot of life-giving relationships that have, that have been as helpful as, you know, a lot of the formal tra training has. Sure. So some of those local interactions, are you saying some of those would be people who have been to other contexts and have come back that have given you some insight or just the support of a local body that's been helpful? Well, I think both. So there have been some interactions that I've had with um, those who have been overseas and who, who um, really bring a fresh perspective and um, I think a realistic perspective mm -hmm. to where we're going, but also just a lot of people who have invested in our lives, who have um, 
walked along beside us. We have a support group of three other families, okay. and they've, for the past year or two, they've been walking alongside us, helping us through major decisions, and in general, giving a lot of emotional support. And then, of course, our families um, have been very supportive, and so that's been a huge blessing. And then also, the local ministry at our church, the, the ministers, the um, church leaders, have been a huge blessing to us. So then as you head overseas, what does that support structure look like? How's that going to change as you're over there? Are they still going to, is your home church still heavily involved in supporting you? Are you hoping to be more self-sufficient? What, what does that look like in the context you're going to? So it's hard to tell exactly how all these things will work out, you know, mm -hmm. but um, in general, our church is, you know, taking charge of financial things and um, a lot of emotional support areas, logistical stuff perhaps as well. And of course, long distance relationships are, are very different than face-to-face. Yeah. -face. And so there will be that, that challenge of maintaining these relationships, mm -hmm. um, even with people we know well, mm -hmm. that's, that's going to be a challenge. And, and so exactly how that looks, we're not sure, but um, we definitely have the support. We have the um, I think the built-in relationships that are necessary to take that step and, and go overseas. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big benefits that we have as Anabaptist people that we take for granted unless we're doing something like this is just the massive amount of support structure that's ingrained into the communities that we're a part of. And I think that's just a huge blessing when we're doing something like this. So you've been on the journey of learning and preparing to go to a, another context to translate. Of the 7,000 languages or so in the world, there's about 1,600 that don't have any Bible translation at all. How do you go about, what was the decision process in determining what group to go to and what was some of the, the journey there? Because it's a big undertaking, it's not something you do for a few months then you go to another, another language and this is a long-term endeavor. Yeah, so for a number of years, um, my wife and I had been thinking, processing, you know, where, where does God want us to, to go long term? We know Bible translation, yes, but where, we didn't really know. So through uh, a number of events, we were um, actually invited to join the team by the team leader, um, and then uh, we're also encouraged to do so by All Nations Bible Translation. So we had somebody coming to us, you know, asking, would, would you consider that, that possibility? And then we also had our support group who was very much involved in that process and providing direction, um, providing support. So those were a couple of the steps that, that were um, pretty key in, in our decision. So then in preparing for this particular group, uh, you've obviously been studying the language and, and studying some about the culture and, and the area you're going to. Does it feel like a really big responsibility to try to accurately convey the scriptures into something that's understood well? Do you sense a really big sense of responsibility in, in getting that right? As you yeah, I think that? so. In, in, in a lot of ways, it's a huge responsibility and because God's Word is, is, is sacred. It's, it's um, something that's profound. It's how we grow in Christ. Part of the way we, we people grow in Christ is, is through reading His Word. Um, on the other hand, 
God's Word is translatable mm -hmm. and um, it's, it's not um, reliant on a perfect translation and so, you know, I rest in the fact that God's Word can cross language boundaries, it can cross cultural boundaries, and because of that, I look forward to seeing how God will work. And, and now, you mentioned a moment ago about the team leader, and so this is obviously a team effort, you're not there alone. You're filling slightly different roles within that team. What does your involvement in the team entail as you're there? You've studied Hebrew and, and you're focusing a lot on Old Testament translation, I believe, for the time being. What does the team, the team dynamic look like over there? Yeah, that's a good question. So that partly remains to be seen, I think, just because it's hard to know exactly what we'll encounter there. But we do have somewhat defined roles. So I will be working with, with translation. Of course, we'll be learning the language and culture, um, church planting. Um, discipling, and all of those are really, really important aspects. In fact, a lot of those at the same time will um, will occupy the team leader as well. And so it's it's not like I'm just doing Bible translation and he's just planting churches. No, we're working together on this. You mentioned the team leader and you mentioned yourself. What's the size of, of the team that's going to be on the ground there in Asia where you're at? Yeah, so we hope eventually to have probably about four families on the ground there, probably slightly different areas perhaps, mm -hmm. but hopefully working with the same people group. What would you say in, in working with, with ABT, what's been some of the highlights for you and what do you sense as a vision for them and how, it's, how has this experience helped facilitate what you're planning to do? So ABT is really interested in taking both Bible translation and church planting and taking those two together and reaching the unreached, um, believing that um, one without the other is, is incomplete, especially in, in Bibleist peoples. So this thought of, of merging church planting and Bible translation, has that been a new thought to you? Has that been a vision that you see now sort of as a result of working with ABT? Or has that been enhanced in any way? It certainly has been enhanced in a lot of ways since joining ABT. You know, years ago, I, I kind of knew that Bible translation was a thing and that people planted churches, but it was a pretty foggy idea. I didn't have a whole lot of, of, um, of course, no experience and, and little knowledge about either, really. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, um, joining ABT has, has enlightened me in regarding translation, church planting, and the incredible needs that there are for Christ's Word and for His presence to reach unreached people groups. As you're on the ground there and you're working at learning language, learning culture, you're working at, you know, translating into their heart language, how do you see an end goal or how do you, how do you go about measuring progress in an endeavor like that? That's so big. Yeah, yeah excellent question. So, you know, the end goal is that, that this people group would have the scripture in their heart language, that they would have an indigenous church that is, is able to reproduce, to um, produce other churches, sure. and that there would be a movement to Christ among this people group. So that's really where it comes down to, everything comes to the desire that I have that these people know Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm.
So you mentioned indigenous church, and that seems to be important to you. What what does that look like? Are there things that you're doing, steps you're taking to to be intentional about that, or do you see that as more of a natural growth of, okay, 10, 15 years down the road? I mean, timelines are all fluid. We don't know, know how the work will progress. But is that something you see as being very intentional now in leading toward them being self-supported, or do you see that as more of a natural progression as, as a church is established? Planting indigenous churches is something that I think will take a lot of intentionality. And it's not something that we just go over there and assume that these indigenous churches will just spring out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of anywhere that that has happened. Right. Um, and so it requires a lot, of, a lot of focus, I think, a lot of planning. And of course, all plans are fluid. We don't know the future. But we, we trust God that His, His will is that local leaders are, are trained and equipped to, to um, minister to their own people, to, to um, plant churches on their own. So that when, you know, in the next 10, 15 years, when our work is done, they aren't reliant on, on us as, as expats. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover or mention to our audience here today? So one of the things that um, has been impressed on me throughout our journey is the importance of church leaders being intentional about, about encouraging singles or young families who have an interest in ministry, whether that's overseas or, or local, and being intentional about, about um, singling those people out and saying, hey, brother or sister, you have this, this special gift, and I think you could use it in this sort of capacity. And I, I just think it's really important that church leaders, not just church leaders, but older brothers and sisters in the church come alongside younger um, people, youth, young families, and help guide them. And we felt a lot of that in our journey and have benefited greatly from that. And so it doesn't feel to us like this is, we're just jumping out on a limb because we have our church behind us. We have um, individuals who are um, especially invested, who have, who have especially invested in our lives. In a lot of ways, it feels like we're going as a team in some mm-hmm. ways, yeah. even though it's just our family leaving. So that has been a huge blessing. Yeah, that is a huge blessing. And that's an interesting thought to me. A lot of times, and I know it's not this way all the time, but different times you see someone who feels a calling to go, and yeah, the church gets behind them to a certain extent, but you're talking about more intentional seeking out by, by those who are seeing have a vision for other people that are around them in their congregation going out. And the local church and the brothers and sisters around you being part of of the voice of God and, and the will of God in your life. That's incredible. It really is. And you said you sensed that. You didn't choose a particular people group, but there was other influences that directed you to that. And you know, now here in a few months, you're looking to to head to Asia and start the work there. So it's really great. It's really great. For more information about Anabaptist Perspectives, to read our blog, to donate, 
and to see videos of the conversations you hear on this podcast, visit anabaptistperspectives.org. We'd love to hear from our audience, so leave your feedback in the comments for this podcast or send us a message through our Facebook page. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for listening to Anabaptist Perspectives. Your listening and sharing this with friends helps more people find our episodes. A special thanks to all of you who support Anabaptist Perspectives financially. We are here because of you. If you haven't had the chance to give yet this year, would you consider making a year-end donation? You can donate on our website or by check. Thank you so much for listening and supporting Anabaptist Perspectives. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We invite you to join our monthly partner program. Monthly partners are key to the financial sustainability of Anabaptist Perspectives. Partners also gain access to bonus content, including our exclusive podcast where we respond to audience questions and comments. Sign up at anabaptistperspectives.org.